but I don't know what that would be. I'm just like hitting the. Is it the? Uh, oh, you're saying like the funny like <laughs> oh that thing. <laughs> yeah, like we actually have to have that. Maybe this could be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here you go, listeners. Uh, up on a up on a platter. Here's your little fun intro thing. <laughs> Close it out. Hey everyone, I'm Josh McCormick. I'm Tenoch Estacatl, and this is Salud Talks. The coronavirus pandemic has been spreading in America like wildfire for almost half a year. It has impacted or influenced every facet of life, from work to relationships to society at large. Right now, everyone's finding different ways to adapt to this new reality we face. But one truth about living in this pandemic is that we all have to adjust. Today, Aztec and I discuss this new normal, the struggles we are all facing, the ways in which we have changed, and what experts are saying about the current state of the world. So, Aztec, we are in the midst of a pandemic. How are you holding up right now, you know, overall, at large, you know, how are you doing? I think, um, I think it changes day by day, but mm-hmm. I definitely say that, uh, I, as of late, I don't know what's changed, uh, but I think I feel a lot better than I have, mm-hmm. um, in the past couple months. I think, uh, it's just sort of with anything, uh, adapting to anything you just kind of need some time at it and uh i think you figure out your way so i'm not going to say i figured out my way completely but i'm definitely surprisingly more comfortable living in the pandemic than i was in april maybe yeah you know how about you how are you doing with this yeah no i think it's kind of the same deal i think that definitely it was a large learning curve um I am an extroverted person by nature, so I think that was definitely uh, something that I had to like learn to cope with is actually being an introvert for the first time. Um, also, kudos to all the introverts out there. Um, I wish I had a little bit more of that, which I guess maybe I do now <laughs> in my system. But, um, you know, I think that there have been like three major areas that I've kind of noticed has taken but taken up a lot of my mental space during this time um and that's kind of just like my professional life my personal life and then kind of how we view society at large or how i interact with that big machine that exists um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think it'd be good for us to talk about kind of those three areas and look at well what are the experts saying let's turn to some of those things because i know that i've been struggling and i've been doing a lot of reading and and all that um so yeah just jumping in how do you feel like your work life balance you know being able to do the job working from home all that stuff how's that been going for you yeah i think um i think it's been sort of a, a roller coaster maybe i think most people who have been working from home could agree um mm-hmm. with the uh, top kind of peak of the roller coaster early on whenever we all began working from home um yeah. i think me being a video producer is especially challenging and i I've been kind of hearing from other people who are filmmakers and video producers that this is probably the strangest time any of us have encountered. Um, You know, because for professional athletes or anything, they can kind of still play Mm -hmm. under these odd guidelines. But with filming, it's kind of like to each his own, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, It's kind of like some people are using really long lenses and still social distancing, which is possible. Other people are canceling movies and TV shows. So I think... um, yeah, I, I think uh, for, for me, I've been kind of dealing with it pretty well, just kind of now focusing on, like, a structure. Yeah. I remember last time we talked about this, I kind of said that was something I wanted to do, 
and after kind of making mistakes and like dropping off on some structure, I've uh, I feel like I've gotten more used to a daily schedule. Um, and uh, you know, back when we were all in the office, I think the focus was able to be on getting something done in a period of time. Mm-hmm. Whereas to now, it's kind of like the focus is on when when am I most productive? When am I most likely to get this done in the best way possible? Yeah, because uh, time is kind of relative. Yeah, well, time is definitely relative, but now it's especially odd but yeah oh yeah i mean like even if you're thinking about the way that the world used to work i mean you had a lot more definition every day right you woke up at a certain time you had a certain time frame of your commute i know for me it was kind of like i got to work for a solid four hours i was sitting at my desk doing stuff then i kind of had this break where i went make lunch and all that and then i just had the next four hours and it was kind of nice to have almost that definition there because I knew what I had to do by a certain time period and now everything's just kind of like been thrown into this big gumbo pot in a certain way but in that same way with you I've been learning how to implement that same mindset and structure here Um, and actually found um, this Forbes article that was released not too long ago about you know giving a couple of ways to be a better work from home professional or just structure your time generally in the middle of all this and kind of some of the notes that they suggested that help during this time is designating a specific workspace taking breaks and going outside uh, customizing your environment to kind of suit your professional needs keeping up some sort of background noise they suggested music um, and then you know, creating and maintaining a morning routine and also don't stop socializing and whatever the safest way for each person is. And I think that having those few points of how to do this as best as we possibly can was really helpful because it allowed me to see that take this to take what made working in an office successful for me and kind of try to apply that to the home environment, which is always going to be tough. It's always going to be a struggle. But I think that, you know, if anything, the other aspect of this that's good is that, you know, I think that the workplace will be forever changed by by COVID. I mean, it's going to be crazy to think that we went home in early, mid-March. And the fact that March is a lot closer uh, than not um, will be, you know, I don't know when we're going to exactly be going back to work or everyone's going to be going back to work, but we've been at home for a while. Um, But, you know, I think that one of the things that I've also gotten to see is um, I think that as businesses change, as businesses move, and as our corporate leaders have to adjust and be flexible based on the circumstances that we're all living through right now, um, you know, things like the fact that everyone is kind of using all of these new internet tools to try to learn and grow, um, you know, we're all, I think, having to communicate a little bit more because of the projects that we're working on and we're all not in the same office. Um, and then, you know, just like kind of some more flexibility from some of our leadership, you know, being able to work from home or being able to have new programs like Microsoft Teams being used to try to communicate and stuff. So I think that that's also been something that's been good is now that I'm on the, you know, real path to doing the work from home thing, 
really well, it's nice to have that be married to that kind of corporate shift, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and I, I definitely agree. Um, and exactly like you said is, is one thing that I think is will be good coming out of this because I've noticed it even in my own workplace is that the focus, uh, like we both just said, is, is a lot less with time, you know, and, and someone coming in and doing a job 40 hours a week or however amount of time the focus um, like it always necessarily has been is really more on on productivity mm-hmm. um, on actually completing these goals yeah um, because that's kind of that's all that's basically what everything's kind of been stripped down to at this point yeah so uh, and I think what's that's what really matters too you know yeah yeah I think that one of the coolest things for me and maybe this applies to some other folks and maybe you'll resonate with this as well, but going through this pandemic has really, in in all areas of my life, but specifically with professionalism, given me a moment to pause and really reflect on what is work, how does it function, why do we do it? And it was kind of just a moment to really reevaluate things and for me to almost gain a sort of greater appreciation for my job as well because while things have been made more difficult due to the virus I'm starting to see that you know work and some of the things that I took for granted earlier really are even though they can everyone complains about their jobs sometimes right Mm -hmm. um but they're they're really things that if you do it in the right way, it can add value to your life. Like having, you know, maybe in the past I might have complained about having to go into the office every day, but now it's something that I miss. So I'm gaining appreciation for some of the things that, you know, um, I might not have had before. So I think that's been the other benefit of, of all of this. And, and, you know, just kind, kind of with it being the time that it is now, I've been uh, kind of looking back on how I felt in the beginning of the pandemic, you know, um, how I felt like all the anxiety. I know I was much more anxious uh, than I was now. But I just remember really appreciating having, uh, like you said, having a job, a place to work mm-hmm. during those times because uh, I was just so stressed, you know? And, mm-hmm. and at least there was some sort of constant in my life, you know? Like, at least there was, I mean, I guess, not to speak for everyone, but there, there's always kind of a purpose to wake up. But having yeah. a job kind of gave me it gave me sort of like a reason every day to keep not, not just kind of like let the wheels fall off because yeah. there's a pandemic and because everything's crazy. And now I'm in the house with my mom, my brother and sister yeah. who were all in high school, college. And I, you know, I was at work eight to yeah. five. So it's like, now we're all back at home. My dad's home. Yeah. It's like a weird thing, you know, but having work was able to, it, it gave me the ability to kind of pick myself up. Yeah. Not, not get drowned in all this craziness. So, yeah. And it's still been doing that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And, and and thinking of that example that you just used, personal relationships between friends, family, and all of that, how, how are those things going for you in this new normal? It's, uh, it's almost strange. I, I don't know how everyone feels about this, but I kind of feel almost closer to my friends and family. Mm. Kind of like, uh, I mean, we've always been through a lot of stuff together my friends and family but this is a this is a new thing yeah yeah <laughs> it's a new thing for everyone i think and uh 
it's just uh, it's just allowing me to go through those those roller coaster of emotions that you go through most things mm-hmm. uh, when you're facing them so often, kind of like we were talking about with work. We're still working, and there are yeah. ups and downs and feeling that. And I kind of feel that with friendships. Like there were times where I was like, I am. There's no way I can be hanging out with the same people for the next year, you know. But here I am, six months in, and I'm like, oh, I lo- I love these people, you know. I'm, yeah, it's. I can't speak for everyone, but for me at least, I kind of, with this new free time, I've had time to kind of like pay attention to my friends and family in a way that I didn't before. And yeah. You know, I'm still learning new stuff about my dad and my mom. You yeah. Know, just from now talking to them and going to the house, you know. Yeah, it's been so great to see how so many of my relationships I've started to view in this new way, kind of similar to the way that I was describing about my work situation where I've become so much more appreciative of the friends that I have and the people who are in my life, um, especially during this time of uncertainty and quarantine and self-isolation. Yeah, and it's been tough too. I mean, I think that everyone's having a harder time trying to maintain those relationships. Like, you know, I think that the always goal of life is to take care of yourself and others as best as you can. And that's, you know, it's just been, it's been a process. Yeah, and I think uh, that's especially, you know, it's especially challenging right now because uh, everything kind of starts with yourself. Mm. Um, And so you kind of want to still be able to be that great friend, great family member, but you have your own things that you need to take care of. Yeah. Um, And I was was actually looking at this uh, John Hopkins uh, medical article um, that was kind of just talking about different ways to take care of yourself, uh, different ways to... It was kind of like, I think I saw that it was like kind of ways of taking care of yourself in terms of how to like maintain a good relationship exactly, with others. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it just, uh, you know, listed like kind of like basic things that make sense. Yeah. Um, when you consider the fact that they might spill over, you know, it's something that affects you, but it'll spill over to your friendships, you yeah. know, like, uh, uh, they mentioned, you know, keeping your workday limited, mm. um, you know, trying to go outside every once in a while, uh, yeah. which is something that I've been trying to do. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of subconsciously doing that, but reading that in the article made me feel a little more validated. Mm. Um, like if I have something to do um, early in the morning, um, maybe I'll work on it a little bit. And if I start to feel, you know, like, I, like I'm still kind of just spinning my wheels and I'm not exactly where I'd like to be in the day, I'll I'll kind of take a break and go walk around outside, mm. which is, it's pretty hot outside. Yeah. You know, being so in Texas, <laughs> being in Texas is pretty yeah. hard, but it, it's still worth it, you know? Um, yeah. And another thing uh, it said was to kind of maintain a self, uh, a self-care routine. Yeah. Um, which I've started doing in strange ways. Uh, like uh, I, I once heard from a friend a while ago to kind of, and, and they kind of reinforced this in the article. Uh, try to set some sort of small morning routine, no matter how simple. And yeah. my my thing is making my bed. Yeah. Uh, I'll make my bed every morning. Um, it's just that little feeling of accomplishment yeah. that I wasn't necessarily getting before I was making my bed every day. I was kind of just waking up and trying to go about my day right. in the exact same way that I've been doing for the past three months. So just starting new ways. We'll be right back. Hi. This is Rosalie Aguilar, Project Coordinator of Salud America. As an organization, our mission is to help create a culture of health equity for Latinos. We work toward this goal through countless hours of research, writing, editing, and producing. If you believe in what we're doing and want to support that work, 
please consider donating to our cause at salud.to backslash donate. Thank you. Hi, this is Rebecca Jones, Assistant Director of the Institute for Health Promotion Research. Our organization serves as the research powerhouse that fuels Salute America's content. Here at the IHPR, we investigate the current state of health inequities in America and how that impacts the Latino community. Our research investigates cancer, chronic disease, and other health disparities among Latinos in South Texas and beyond. To learn more about the IHPR and our work, visit salud.to backslash IHPR. Thanks. Um, it's it's really it's really helped uh, just like having a routine. Yeah. Um, eating more consistently. Yeah. That's a big thing. Um, eating healthier too. Eating healthier. I was doing like a lot of takeout um, at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, the nice excuse was that you're supporting restaurants who are going to business, and I think that people should still do that. But uh, yeah, I'm like planning out my meals better now and all of that, and it does spill into your relationships or how you are handling. The pandemic. I know that at the very beginning of all of this, I was, <laughs> I was not doing that great. I, you know, mm-hmm. was eating poorly, not really like managing. The only thing I was really focusing on was making sure that I was just getting my work done. But it's kind of. I saw this other article and I can't remember exactly where it's from, but they had listed three major things of dealing with things during this time is just setting goals and strategies, kind of like you were talking about. Um, shifting your mindset and self-care. And I think that the biggest one for me has been um, shifting your mindset has really helped in the perspective of, it's kind of crazy how our perception of things really does impact our day-to-day experience. I've noticed that at the beginning of all this, I was, I mean, which I think was just a natural thing, right? No one had gone through anything like this in our lifetime as well, the lifetime that came before um, for the most part. But I was just having a tough time with it, you know, just um, getting up in the morning, kind of like you were saying, doing all these things. Uh, But it was mainly because I just wasn't, now that I've shifted my thinking, I am able to actually get out of bed, do things, you know, get out there and kind of live in this way because kind of one of the things that really impacted me was I've been reading a little bit about kind of like accepting the reality in which we live. And I think I'll talk about that like a little Mm -hmm. bit later, more in depth, but, um, the reality is, is that like we are where we are, um, and it's just going to take time. I know that recently um, Dr. Fauci even came out and said, you know, something along the lines of, you know, we're cautiously optimistic um, and we're on the road to getting things better. It's going to take time, but we will ultimately reach whatever end that this is going to take is going to take. It's just yeah. going to take time and, and all of that. And so I think that even shifting my mindset to not focusing on the fact that this is happening, this is unique, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, all of that, and just focusing on the fact that it is happening um, and it is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, but from the perspective of this is reality, so I have to shift and try to live the le- try to live the best life I can live mm-hmm. in the middle of all this with the understanding also that 
this will eventually start to fade. We will start going back to whatever that new normal looks like or the new normal we're experiencing now will eventually take shape as that new normal um, once we cross the line here. But the other thing too is that once I shifted my mindset as well is I had to, and I think that more people should do this, is I gave myself a pat on the back to a certain degree of this has been really hard uh, and you probably have not done as well with dealing uh, with everything as you could have <laughs> but here's the thing is that this is probably this is probably going to be one of the worst global things that happens throughout the course of our entire lifetime and so if this is how we're dealing with this now that bodes well for us going forward in the future because eventually we're going to get to the point where we all look back on this time and be you know the, the mindset will be wow can you imagine <laughs> what we went through in 2020 yeah. And again, there will be other things that come up for all of us, whether that's personally or, you know, globally or to our country or whatever. Um, but there is going to be an end to this. And then we're going to get to go on living the rest of our life. Um, and so that's kind of how I've been looking at it. If I can, like, learn how to manage things well now, imagine how that's going to, like, boast for the future, you know? How have you been doing overall with kind of adjusting to society's new rules wearing a mask everywhere you go social distancing all that yeah i think uh, i don't think it's been too hard for me um i was kind of raised as a military kid raised on a military base yeah. so when it comes to just being told the things that normally you'd question i i was okay with it you know as long as it yeah. it, it didn't seem to harm me and, and it seemed to benefit other people so i think yeah. like you know since the very beginning washing my hands and and uh I was kind of falling into an introverted stage, so yeah. I, in a in a way, I was already kind of social distancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you know the uh, the inner sci-fi loving, you know, futuristic thinking person yeah. uh, part of myself is is just kind of thinking about how this is going to change us all. And I think yeah. I mentioned that before in one of our previous discussions. But uh, that's kind of what I'm wondering, you know, um, less about right now. But in the sense of the future, I'm just a, I'm just a little bit curious to see how we kind of cope with this when we come out of this. You know, um, I've I've read you know different articles. Uh, there was a Bloomberg City Lab article kind of addressing this new normal, as yeah. they call it, um, and it kind of described these two options that we have, these sort of two outlooks, where there's sort of a utopian, in a sense, it's it's subjective. Yeah. Uh, this utopian version, this kind of dystopian version, where you know, in the utopian version. Um, a lot of American cities start to look a little bit more like those, a lot of European cities, mm -hmm. specifically in Spain, where they've kind of closed down streets um, and opened them up to outdoor sitting for cafes and coffee shops. And, yeah. you know, they're kind of, uh, and, you know, on the outset, the dystopian look kind of looking at uh, a lot of businesses that'll have to be closing down and, mm. you know, other facts that are just, going to be interesting to see you know i was even reading in that same uh bloomberg article about the fact that a lot of uh, uh a, a lot of uh residential apartment complexes um they're having to lower their rent in urban areas mm -hmm. uh, because uh people are just it's just kind of losing demand people don't want to yeah. be in these crowded urban environments when a pandemic is kind of spreading about so yeah. that's kind of going to cause a shift and society is the way we know it because uh like has happened at different times, there's now this sort of drive out into the suburbs again, yeah. you know, being revitalized. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm no expert 
on real estate, right. uh, but I, I do know that that is a shift. Um, and again, I'm even interested on in more of like the social aspects of things, you know, like at the gas station, um, I'd, I'd normally, you know, you'd stand in line or, you know, like I now wear a glove when I'm getting gas and yeah. I'm, I'm kind of scared to talk to people a little bit. You're kind of scared to meet new people. So I'm, I'm yeah. kind of wondering what that's going to look like, you know, uh, and that all definitely depends on you know, how under control COVID-19 is able to become. But I'm, I'm curious yeah. as to what your thoughts are on, you know, which aspect of society you're kind of like looking at. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because you're looking toward the future on what some people are saying and predicting. And one of the things that I've been doing a lot is relying on the past to kind of define how I look at this. And um, mainly because I think that a lot of times we get so caught up in what our present life is that it's hard to kind of get outside of that and think about what have things looked like before where where does this fall on the scale of awfulness and you know the history of the world and um this is a a horrible time period it's going to be remembered in the history books you know for you know as long as there is in america and but the thing is, is that these times have, have come again. I was reading this uh, article from the Holland Sentinel, which uh, just like when doing some research of, you know, like different things about this virus. And they just had mentioned that this isn't the first time that society has had to take this like major adjustment in how we do life because of something that is not in our control, you know, and they'd mentioned in the fall of um, 1918 schools were were shut down because of the h1n1 influenza um, you know that swept through America and it killed millions around the world and there have been other pandemics that have come and gone and then in in the 1940s we Americans had to all change their life for the quote-unquote greater good right the, the, there was a war going on and people couldn't just go to the grocery store and buy as much as they wanted or their things were rationed production had to change to help the war effort and so um after all of those instances society did take on a new fashion of normalcy and so that's kind of how i've been feeling about the societal structure overall is that um Right now, I think that we're acting the exact opposite way of how we need to be acting. Right now, we're acting as if this is all coming to an end and the curve is going down, and it's not. Um, I think that we all need to try to do a better job of, you know, acting in whatever way we can act to help reduce the spread and overall harm caused by this illness. Um, But if we have that mentality, it goes from shifting from, oh, things are getting better when they're not to things are bad, but they're going to get better. Um, which if you've personally tried to change any habit in your life, you know, that's true. It takes a while to like one example in my own life, something that I've been, you know, doing during this pandemic is trying to focus on my health. And it's a tough thing to just sit there and eat every day and exercise and you don't get that instant gratification you're not gonna like hop on the scale or try on a piece of clothing after a couple weeks of like being healthy and like eating salads and stuff and just be like man like i'm ready to yeah i'm ready to go to go like i'm feeling great i could run five miles no you have to like it it, it takes months and months to work at something and but honestly 
the kind of nice thing about that is that it takes a while because you need to form that sort of habit. And just like translating that into society, if we could focus in and really do this the way that we need to do it, it could go to help in the ways that that Bloomberg article you were talking about earlier was describing. You know, we're never going to reach a utopian society, but if everyone kind of looked at it like, okay, things are bad, let's all come together and start working toward this, then man, what are some other areas we can change, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and on that same note, I just think, uh, like you said, just I think it's a responsibility shift and just shifting that responsibility. You know, I've tried to do that, shifting mm-hmm. responsibility to myself yeah. um, because there's this sort of kind of cognitive dissonance where you're, you're like, oh, it's going to get better because we're kind of putting all this faith into our medical experts mm. uh, without actually helping them to because yeah. they need our help. There, there are people working on this vaccine, but it doesn't help if we are doubling, you know, infection rates yeah. or increasing them even by 20%. That's a lot. That's so a lot. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. And I, I do think this, this was something that will get better. And we should also add that clause that it'll get better, but we all need to help. Like everyone has to help. One person not helping is going to undo a thousand people helping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like, and uh, the way I think about it is it's it's better just to look at this from the perspective of logic. You have to bring in emotion and empathy in every situation, but logically, we just know that we have no idea actually how long this is going to last. We could wake up tomorrow in a new strain of the virus picked up in China now we have to worry about that or all these there are so many uncertain things that the only thing we can do today is wear our mask try to be a nice person wash your hands like all these things um so it's best just to accept the reality and move forward you know as best as you can there I was, I was reading this other piece um and the whole there's this whole term radical acceptance um that this article was talking about by psychologist Marsha um, Linehan. And I think that this form of acceptance is where we need to take things in society from the way that I was reading about it in this article. Um, I think that a lot of people kind of have this overall fatigued acceptance. Not a whole lot surprises us anymore because it just feels like awful things just keep coming up and up and up. Um, and I th- think that there's a lot of explanation to why that is, but that's a whole other episode. But the way that this psychologist talks about radical acceptance, which I really like, is it's an act of the total person that allows acceptance of this movement or this reality in this moment. Um, it It's without discrimination. Um, in other words, one does not choose the parts of reality and the, to accept and, and reject. It's, it's not one of those things where you just sit back and you think, well, things are the way they are. I'm not going to do anything about it. It's just that you are accepting things as as they are. Um, And I think that gives us an opportunity to work toward a better reality because I know that one of the things that I was struggling with at the pandemic is it was hard to balance how I was feeling fatigued, downtrodden, lonely, all those things um, with what was going on. And it was kind of this thing of like, oh, well, this is potentially going to go away at some point. So... I'm just going to try to deal with it as we deal with it. But as the time has gone on and we're at where we're at now, it's accepting the fact that this is where we're at and we really don't know how long it's going to be is that I just have to start doing things now, you know, and that was applicable to the beginning of the 
pandemic, but I just had to kind of like learn that lesson like everyone else. So um, I think that for me, that's the other big part of that is just to keep moving forward in whatever way I can keep moving forward and just try to adjust to this new normal. And that's going to be the way that, you know, I get better, I guess, you know, I I definitely agree with that. Um, I think, you know, just kind of like we were talking about is once you kind of shift that responsibility to yourself, um, it kind of takes a lot of this pain of waiting on experts and waiting on a vaccine. And it gives you something that you can do right now, you know, and I think that's, it's that way with a lot of things in life. Um, and we just need to kind of focus on what we can do right now. Salute Talks is produced by Tanoch Astakadal, Josh McCormick, and the media team at Salute America. It is executive produced by Dr. Amelie Ramirez. The music heard on this podcast is produced by Bonus Points. Find Salute America online at salute-america.org. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and other social platforms at Salute America. Watch our award-winning videos on YouTube by visiting salute.to slash video. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen. Thanks for listening, and as always, we hope you enjoyed.